Hey everyone. So, I normally assume Mr. Doe is just delusional. I love his stories and fantasizing about if they were true. But it's starting to freak me out. Um, things are starting to get a bit too real. Twice last week, I swore there was this man watching me, staring at me. The same man on two different days. And I've had that creepy being watched feeling ever since. And now with this new recording from Mr. Doe, I'm getting really nervous. If you're just joining us, I don't know what to say except start from the beginning. This isn't your typical podcast. My name is Lily McHale. I was volunteering in the psych unit at Jefferson when I met a patient there named Mr. Doe, which isn't his real name because he doesn't remember it. I can't say I really understand what's going on, but I wanted to help. He was kind and smart and seemed like he wasn't getting the help he needed, and I thought someone out there might be able to help him. I set this up so he can connect with the world. His recordings automatically upload to my Dropbox, and then I add music and make it sound like a real podcast. And while I'm really excited, the point is that he needs help. His memory is messed up, and someone out there knows him. If you know anything that could help, please email me at lilymikhail at gmail.com. Hello again. I'm sorry about last time. I must have fallen asleep. It was late, maybe three, four in the morning. I was exhausted. Between the wine and running all over and... Well, once the adrenaline wore off, I guess my body just gave up. Nothing happened, though. I mean, I woke up the next morning slumped against a wall near the window. Lily's phone was dead, but everything looked exactly as I left it. When I finally got myself together, the first thing I needed to do was get online. I needed to look into Jillian and the dreams I had. I went to the directory on the 2873266 site. After my panic and then confusion over Jillian, I needed to know if she was in there. Maybe there'd be answers. There's no good search function, so it took me a bit of time, but eventually I found her. Jillian Fang, file 54554426. And it was there, in big letters, looming. The suits. <laughs> I wasn't crazy. My dream that night, that felt like a memory, was a memory. It wasn't just in my imagination that they were lurking nearby. The only comforting aspect was that I don't think she's in on it. She may not even know. I'm glad I didn't tell her about Aurea. Because that might be the only thing keeping her safe. Her profile, her 
role at the university. It's too public. I think she'd be hard to make disappear. But if she goes spouting out the word Aurea, who knows? Thanks to that night, though, and finding her profile, I finally know who they are, what they call themselves. At the top of her profile, above where it has Jillian's name and the file number, in big red letters, it said, Rejected, with a hyphen, and then the word, the name, Eidolon. It fit. I knew it as soon as I read it. That's what they call themselves. The suits? I, I googled for a while and did as much digging as I can without, you know, any special skills, but found nothing online. Which, if anything, only confirms it for me. They wouldn't exactly have a website. Then I went back to the directory and found another familiar profile. File 9455. Will. From the Obad meeting. And at the top of it, the same. Rejected dash Eidolon. I don't know if it means the same for him. Was he working with them, or, or were they just hovering around him? He knew about Aurea. He could be in danger, but what could I do even if he was? And the way he brought it up and asked so many questions, was he testing me? Trying to see what I knew, what I remembered? I don't know. The bigger question, honestly, was what were Jillian and Will rejected from? I explored the expired folders, hoping for an answer, but they didn't offer much. Most of the files are marked rejected, but with a small range of explanation. Most are noted as rejected unsuitable. Only a handful marked with rejected Eidolon, like Jillian and Will's. And several are marked deceased. I only hope that it's from natural causes. I'm sure the Eidolon are out there now, searching. I went back to the apartment over the bagel shop, and it looked untouched too. I don't understand. I'm sure they saw me. There's no way they didn't see me the other night. Why are they leaving me alone? Are they just messing with me? <sighs> I need a distraction. Another loose end to tug on. The numbers have been my savior so far. They're like my little breadcrumbs through this nightmare. I need more, though. And they continue to get muddied in my mind from everything else. What remains unsolved, that's real, that I told you before? I was so excited the other day because I thought I had a breakthrough. 215-629-5760. A ten-digit number starting with 215, which is the area code here downtown. I immediately called it, expecting some newfound revelation of my past life, but it was simply the number for a cheesesteak place I walked by last week. I have to concentrate to feel out the important ones. Thirteen dash six dash twenty nine dash nine dash sixteen. That's that's definitely old. Three four six seven four two eight three. I think that's old, but I don't know anything about what it means. 42935? 
What about this one? One one three four three eight seven three three five. There's one zero two one zero eight and two three six zero eight. No, wait, that was the bank. Wait, you remember the bank or the credit union, right? The woman, the teller that recognized me as Mr. Allen. I told you all about this, right? Well, I went back yesterday to retrieve the remaining $200 that was in my account, but the account didn't exist. I even went up to the same woman, but this time she acted like she had no idea who I was. She said there was no account with my account number, and no accounts for Max Allen. The money I got last time was real. I mean, it's all I have. It's the only thing that got me this far. The Eidolon must have gotten to the bank. It's the only thing I can think. I dashed out of there before she could check further, knowing that she was probably stalling. You know, so they could respond and trap me at the bank, but I was too smart for them. Too quick this time. Sometimes it feels like the walls are closing in. If they're everywhere, if, if they did this to me, if they can destroy a person's life like this, what am I supposed to do? How do you fight that? How do you escape? And why? Why do they even bother with me? If I'm so dangerous, such a threat to them, why not just kill me? It's a weird thing to stay up at night and ponder why someone didn't just kill you. You know, why would someone go through all this trouble to ruin my life so deeply? To kill my wife? To leave me with a broken memory to torment me. They've taken everything from me. I have nothing left. And what's worse is I don't even have a reason because I can't remember whatever the hell it is. Why not just kill me when they took her? Why not just kill me too? I need to find answers. I need to take the things that don't make any sense and look at them differently. First up, this fucking watch. 116400. I suppose I could have been an investment banker or a doctor in my old life to own a $7,600 watch, but I don't know how to do anything. I don't feel like I have any special skills from years of experience or schooling or anything. I don't know how to be a doctor, and I couldn't even tell you what an investment banker actually does. I, I don't think that's how amnesia works. I think I'd still know something or, or feel something, right? Some affinity towards helping people or knowing what to do in those scenarios. Y you know, there was something the jeweler said that stuck in my mind that kind of plays over and over again. That this was the third of the same watch. Why would anyone buy three of the same stupidly expensive watch? What was it about this watch that inspired old me to not only buy three of the exact same model, but to have paid enough attention to it that I knew the model number? 116400. Clearly it was the watch since it led me to having an actual watch, but 
we're talking about $22,800 of Rolex. You can't wear more than one at a time. Did I give them away like I told the jeweler? Like he suggested? I went online and hoped it would shed some light. There's something more to this watch. I can't swallow the fact that I was just rich and really liked it. The Milgauss concept is what had struck a chord earlier. So I thought reading more about that Gaussian, you know, the, the magnetic fields and, and Gauss measurements, all of which has a weird reminiscence to it. So I figured if I read more on that, then maybe there'd be something, right? So the first thing I did was I went to the little watch's website and read about it. Apparently, it all has to do with the ferromagnetic shielding. Here's what the Rolex site says. The symbol for magnetic flux density, the capital B with an arrow, is engraved in this magnetic shield, but only Rolex certified watchmakers will ever see it. Well, guess what? I have too. And I'm pretty sure I wasn't a watchmaker in my past life. I think I've taken the watch apart. I mean, I'm tempted to tinker with the one I have now, but it's currently worth ten times more than everything else I own right now. The concept of tinkering feels familiar too. It makes me think of the day I lost my memory. There's something there that I'm missing. I remember waking up in the grass. I didn't know why I was laying in the grass when I felt it against my face. There had been some kind of flash or a blast or something. A man was telling me that my wallet had just been stolen and it was that little surge of adrenaline that got me to actually open my eyes. I saw someone running away from me and I tried to stand up but I was so dizzy and then I passed out. No, 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 I, I didn't. I saw them. The suits, the Eidolon. They were all the way across the park. There were lots of other people laying down or, or sitting in the grass, which kind of blocked me from their line of sight, so I wanted to stay low. Everyone looked a little shell-shocked, but were functional. But the suits were looking for someone, and I knew it was me. I, I remember the panic, the adrenaline of, of terror, and I, I tried to get up, and I, I grabbed a bench that was there to lift myself up, but I slipped. My legs weren't cooperating. They were like lead, and there was something in my hand. Oh my god. The bench. Oh my god, I've got to get to that fucking bench. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you later. That's all he recorded. I never know when he's going to record again, but I set it up so you can subscribe to get it whenever he does. In the meantime, I want to help get the word out for Mr. Doe as much as possible, so I'm on all the normal social media channels. Please help us spread the word on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram with the hashtag Unerasable. He's got friends and family out there somewhere, and with all of us working together, we've got to be able to help him.
Also, I'm actually spending a lot of time matching the music and doing these little intros and stuff, so I'd love to hear what you think. If you feel inspired to write a review, that'd be really great. It may not exactly help Mr. Doe, but it'll keep me inspired. I'm trying my best to make it sound like a real podcast and keep everybody interested. And as always, if you know anything that might help, email me at lilymikhail at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website now too at unerasable.com. Thanks, and see you next time.